Humanity Chats, a conversation about everyday issues that impact humans. Join us. Together, we can go far. Today, we talk about how to reduce stress and master your career with Rob Krejcik. This is Humanity Chats. Stay tuned. Yeah. Hi, Margie. Thank you so much for having me today. Really grateful to be here. Well, it's good to see you and it's good to see you smile. Viewers, listeners, this is Humanity Chats. I am your hostess with the mostest, yours truly, Margie Marge. Today we have Rob Kreshak and he is going to be talking to us about how we can de-stress and, um, and have a great career. Um, we're all ears, Rob, but before we get into the conversation, um, we would like to learn a little bit more about you and also for you to share a fun fact with us. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, a fun fact about me is that I uh, I really like cow's milk. So like I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm a, I'm a Wisconsin boy. And so if I had to drink only one liquid other than water for the rest of my life it would be milk oh wow that's interesting that's the first <laughs> that i'm hearing on the show okay <laughs> way to go rob and can you, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself um yeah yeah sure um sorry i i, I omitted that part so yeah i'm uh i'm Wisconsin native, born and grew, born and raised in Milwaukee. I went to school at UW Madison. Got uh, degrees, three degrees in finance, Spanish management. Uh, I started my career as a sell side equity analyst, which means I researched medical device and pharmaceutical stocks. Uh, I'm also a nine time entrepreneur, so I've owned three Anytime Fitness health clubs, four You Break I Fix cell phone repair stores, a technology startup, and then my current uh, company, which is Humans First. And our mission with Humans First is to help humanity understand how technology impacts mental health, relationships, and productivity at work. Oh, wow. Um, that sounds really impressive. You know, um, I'm originally from Ghana, West Africa, Rob. And um, before I moved to America, I remember my dad visited America. And I used to say, Daddy went to Milwaukee because I couldn't pronounce <laughs> Yes, that's what most, that's actually what most people say when they're from out of town. So that yeah. is what it looks like. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And so even after I'd moved here, I was still saying Milwaukee because I'd gotten so used to saying the word Milwaukee. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. What a career you've had. And now you're going to um, University of Wisconsin at Madison and ma having three majors. Is that what you just said? Correct. Yeah. Finance, Spanish and management. Golly. Okay. There you go. 
Well, Rob, um, welcome to Humanity Chats, where we talk about everyday issues that impact humans. And today we are honored to have you as you're going to talk to us about um, how to reduce stress and master our careers. I believe you're probably going to tie it also into the fact that you deal with technology and all the good stuff. So yeah. how? tell us, um, stress is a major factor in most of our lives right now. So tell us. Um, how do we uh, handle that stress? Yeah, so um, you know, I'm really excited to share this information with you and the listeners today because it's the result of me reading over 100 books and dissecting over 2,000 articles and studies about this topic over the last four years. So this is really something that I, I've really just been set on a mission and kind of obsessed with to really understand um, how technology is impacting humanity and. You know, uh, if I could explain it in a couple, you know, if I could summarize all that information in a couple sentences, it would be this. I think that technology is simultaneously um, increasing our day-to-day and sometimes minute-to-minute stress that we experience, while at the same time reducing our ability to deal with that stress because it's degrading our relationships, friendships, and communities. And so, you know, my goal with Humans First is to educate people on some of the things that they may be doing or some of the ways that they're behaving that may not be serving them well in their lives so that they can decide if they want to change their behavior or not. Wow. Um, You know, with your first few sentences, I could actually hear some words that you didn't speak in my mind, like Facebook, Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the times that we spend scrolling and, um, you know, even when you're going to sleep at night, that light from your phone and technology. Mm -hmm. So tell us more, Rob. Yeah. So, you know, people might um, there's totally 100 percent agree with everything you just said, Margie. And social media is a huge source of stress for people and they don't even realize it. But I'll I'll kind of. you know, show the listeners, you and the listeners, what I'm talking about. So in America, and this was from before COVID, right? So this is not, you can't say that COVID affected this statistic, but in America before COVID, the average person spent 12 hours and 21 minutes a day in front of screens and media. And so, you know, that's three quarters of our waking lives. And, um, you know, you might say, well, how is that contributing to our stress? Well, let's take a look at how we're spending our time each day. Uh, Of that 12 hours and 21 minutes, that's screens and media. And so we're spending about, uh, if you're a white collar worker, we're spending uh, on average four hours per day doing email. We're also spending two hours and 14 minutes a day on social media. And we're spending about 70 minutes a day checking the news. And so all, if you add all those together, that's over seven hours a day. And what all this research shows is that those those activities can all be very stress-inducing for humans. So the average person is spending over seven hours a day doing highly stressful things, and humans aren't designed to do that. So when we do those things, for instance, it activates our sympathetic nervous system. This is the fight-or-flight system that keeps us alive and gets us out of situations where there's a threat. Well, if you're spending seven hours a day in fight-or-flight, that's not good. Your, Your body isn't designed to do that. And so this is why I believe that, you know, how and how much we're using humanity is not the only cause, but one of the main causes of the mental health crisis that we have today. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I can show people some ways that they can 
um, and again, not eliminate uh, technology, but use it differently um, and, and and make their lives better, and and ultimately spend more time doing the things and being with the people that they care about most. I am all ears. Please speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for instance, a lot of you know, imagine if, for instance, um, you know, you could cut down the amount of email that you spent that you uh, you, you uh, receive by half by fifty percent. That would mean, first of all, you're saving two hours a day, right? Every single day. That's over one work day every single week. That's obviously very substantial. But most people, you know, when I talk to them about this topic, they're like, well, how do I cut down an email? Because I feel like I have to constantly be checking my email because I'm going to miss something. And I get that. I understand that there's this FOMO or there's this feeling like we need to be you know, connected. And the real problem with that or related to that is that we haven't set... Um, uh, um, written guidelines or standards of communication. And so if those are uh, written down and communicated with employees, then it, or within an organization, I guess it doesn't have to be employees, right? It could be a nonprofit, for instance. Um, then if those are written down and communicated, then instead of everyone constantly checking their email once every six minutes on average, which is what people do now, they could, you know, check their email a couple, two or three or four times a day and be way less stressed out because they're not on their email as much. And then with that time that they're not spending checking their email, they can do other things that are more valuable to the company or the organization, or they could even just go home early and spend time with their family, which is ultimately what I hope that they might do, at least with some of their extra time that they get back. Well, that, that is uh, something that I guess most of our listeners and viewers um, can relate to. Um, as you started talking to me about emails, I had this urge to um, to click on. <laughs> <laughs> to check your email. Yes, because I'm supposed to send a report um, and I haven't sent that report yet. And so I'm thinking I'm probably going to get an email soon asking me um, when the report is hitting the inbox. So, yeah, it does. It does play a number on your on your psyche. Tell us more about um, how we reduce that type of stress and the strategies that we can uh, we can use. Yeah, well, let me let me um, like uh, kind of give you an example first, and maybe this will hit home with people in terms of why this email is so stressful, right? Like why we think about this. So, Margie, what's something that you have to do in your future that's very important? It doesn't have to be related to work. It could be related to anything, but it could also be related to work. You want a really truthful answer? Sure, yeah. I have to go on a walk. And it's really important to me because I'm counting my steps lately. Okay, sure. So you like going on a walk today or is this just every day? I'm going on a walk every day because um, I'm trying to get to at least 10,000 steps. And I, I joined this walking group where I'm trying not to be last. So I have to exceed the 10,000 steps. Okay. I love that. That's a really great goal. And I, I, I like that a lot. So let's pretend for a second that every six minutes, I followed you around and I tapped you on your shoulder and I said, Hey, Margie, did you meet your step goal today? I, and then every, and, and you know, and then of course you haven't done it yet, but you're working on it. Right. But then uh, six minutes later, I do the same thing. I tap you on the shoulder. Like, hey, Margie, did you, have you, have you met your goal yet today? And well, 
I'm sure a couple of things would happen. I mean, first of all, you'd be really annoyed with me very quickly, right? Which is not surprising. But the other thing is, is every time that I asked you that you met your goal and you told me no, it would be kind of disheartening, right? It would be like demoralizing or it could also create anxiety for you like, oh man, I just told Rob seven times in a row that I haven't met my goal. Well, now I should maybe go outside and try to you know, take some steps, but I have other important things to do. And so like it creates this anxiety, right? Like that you haven't met the goal. Well, let me, you- let me stop you right, right now. I think our chat is over. I'm going to go meet gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so, so, you know, in this, in this theoretical example, right? Like I would, first of all, just, I would never do that to anybody, of course. But when you, um, or when you or anyone else check your email once every six minutes, like I just suggested, that's psychologically what's happening. You're being reminded of all these things that you have to do and you haven't yet completed them. And you're, you're, you know, it's very anxiety inducing and or demoralizing or both some combination of both. And so that's why checking your email all this all the time really can get stressful because you're, you just, it's a constant reminder of all these things you have to do and you haven't completed them yet. And so one of the things that I really like to do is, um, you know, instead of checking my email all the time or first thing in the morning, what I like to do is I have a post-it note. And what I do is to start my day, uh, I will write down one to three very important things that I have to accomplish on the post-it note. And so what I will do is I start my day and I just work on those one to three things. I don't check my email. I try very hard not to check my phone. In fact, I have it automatically go to do not disturb. And I just um, work on those one to three things. Then even if I, you know, after I get those one to three things done, even if I check my email and get sucked into it for the rest of the day, I ultimately, um, you know, it's still a good day because I got those very important things done right away. Hmm. So that way you are productive. Um, How do you get it to stick though? Because I'm, I'm beginning to think that, I always have a list of the things that I'm supposed to do. And um, I kind of like to think of myself as, oh, I know how to prioritize, but I do get sucked into other things. I do get diverted. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't my advice, right? This is advice from Warren Buffett, literally the greatest investor in history. He says, make a list of all the things you have to do and then prioritize, you know, or like look at the three that are most like impactful for you or your business, and then just forget about the rest. And literally, that's what I, you know, that's what I try to do each day is there's an infinite, there's basically an infinite amount of things that you could do, or there's definitely almost an infinite amount of things for sure that you could read, let's say online or in a book. And so, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've kind of come to this place where there's so much information being communicated to us and so much collaboration that we think that, you know, we have to do all this stuff when we actually really don't. And so I think what people do is they look at the universe of things they do, they need to do. Let's say it's a hundred things and they say to themselves, oh my God, I need to do these hundred things, but I really feel like we should be doing the opposite. We should look at the hundred things, pick the three that are most important, and then say, these three things are going to move the needle the most. And you know what, if I don't get to those other 97 things, my, my business probably isn't going to implode and I'm still going to be successful. And I have to just kind of learn to live with that. 
You know what? Thank you for this advice. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm just thinking about that heap of laundry that I have to fold um, that right. I'm not ever getting to. I remember a few weeks ago, I started folding laundry and my husband asked me if everything was okay. <laughs> <laughs> because he said, is somebody coming to visit? Um, what's going on? Because he was surprised that I was eventually folding the laundry. So I'm trying to apply what the concept that you're talking about to everyday life, not just with your work life. And uh, it seems that it is quite applicable. We have to make that list. Viewers, listeners from over 60 countries um, that are here with us today, Rob is giving us some nuggets and it's not just coming from him. He's read tons of articles, books. He's quoting Warren Buffett. So y'all get that sticky note out and write the most important things that you're supposed to accomplish. Don't try to do 10 million things at once because <laughs> you are going to get stressed. Yeah. Well, Margie, and another thing that I, I love what you said, and I another thing that I can share with the listeners is um, there's some psychology behind this, right? So what's happening is we're all doing a lot of multitasking. Or I, and I still occasionally do this too, for sure. But what happens when we multitask is... Our brain is not designed to multitask. We're really designed to single task. And so on average, people switch between applications on their computer once every three minutes. Well, what happens is your brain can't catch up with all that constant switching. So you go from writing an email to writing a, uh, a document to researching something and then, you know, maybe filling in your CRM for new customers. And you do, if you switch between all those within a couple minutes, what happens is your brain is actually still focused on the last activity for a certain period of time and doesn't, you know, your brain doesn't come with you when you switch between those applications. And so what this does is it creates a high, what's called cognitive load. It basically like is very, very difficult for your brain to make sense of all this very fast switching. And so not only then do you become worse at doing those activities, but you also, it induces more stress. And so it sounds very, very counterintuitive, but by single tasking and focusing on one thing at a time and doing that thing well, not only are you less stressed, you do a higher quality job, but ultimately at the end of the day, you actually accomplish more in less time, which again, sounds very counterintuitive, but I promise you that that's true if you really, if you really um, you know, adhere to doing that and single tasking and doing the one thing at a time and doing it well. Now, Rob, I heard all that you said about single tasking, but obviously you have not been a black woman because <laughs> it's just a woman period. Because you have to cook, and at the same time that you're cooking, you got to feed that baby, you got to do that mm. laundry, you got to talk to that husband or talk to that girlfriend. Or, boy, I am telling you, single tasking doesn't work all the time. Yes, so you know, it, I, I, I get it and I agree. I, there are still times when I do multitask occasionally, right? Like, let's say I'm driving and I, I make a phone call. Uh, or something like that. And and by the way, I, there is data that shows that women are better multitaskers than men. There, there's no question about that, actually. Um, so I, I get that. That resonates with me. And uh, I don't have a child yet, but I, I have talked to plenty of my friends who have kids and like I see what their lives are like. I I, I can see that that is, you know, just what you got to do. Right. Yeah, um, but the thing is, is let's pretend even if you can reduce your multitasking by 20%, right? A little bit. 
um, it will still really improve your stress levels and improve how you can do your job. And that's still a win in my book, right? I'm not saying that everything needs to be perfect, but even if you just have a little bit of awareness of what we're talking about today and you change even just one thing, a small thing every week, if you do that week after week, it will make a big difference over a long period of time. Oh my goodness. You know what, Rob, we're going to have to have you back on the show so we could do a regrouping. Now, viewers, listeners, let me hear back from you. Let's know what, what, what is happening in your lives as you write these notes, as you put it, put it, find your, your little notepad, put your prioritizing on there, the most important things you have to do. Um, you know, if you can hold off checking your email intermittently, do that. Try the single tasking. And we're going to have Rob back um, so that we can have a regroup. Maybe this session, um, we might we might need more therapy. Now, you're, say, you're saying that when we reduce stress, we muster our career. Um, are you saying that when we're stressed, we can't have successful careers? I mean, explain that. Yeah, so... Um... What's interesting about stress, and I actually just this morning reread my notes from a book called When the Body Says No. And I, if you're ever, if you're interested at all in this topic, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly recommend this book. Uh, again, it's called When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E is his last name. Basically, the book, the entire book is about the psychology and physiology of stress and how our modern world affects our bodies through stress. And one of the things that he says is that one of the main causes of stress in our entire lives is stress from our jobs. And so if we can reduce stress from our jobs, uh, not only then are we going to be better at our jobs, but really stress affects every single part of your life, especially your sleep. And if you're, so in other words, if I'm very highly stressed and I try to go to sleep, I two things generally happen. A, I get to bed later than I wanted. So I get less sleep, overall sleep, right? No less amount of sleep. But then the other thing is the quality of the sleep that I get while I'm sleeping will be worse. And that's probably something that I don't even recognize happens. You know, like you don't even consciously know that that's happening. And so if you're, if stress impacts your sleep and your sleep is worse, it literally affects every other thing in your life because we need quality sleep to function and to recover. And so um, I, I know that it doesn't, uh, it seems like almost incredible to say, but I really believe that if you can reduce your stress substantially from your job, it makes every other part of your life better. And obviously that's a great thing. Um, you know, I, um, I hear you. Um, this past Sunday, my body said no to me. I'm not mm. one of those people who takes naps, but I went to church um, and then we had a rally day at church, so they gave us free food. Mm. And I got home in the afternoon, and I just thought, I'll close my eyes for a minute. And I ended up taking a big nap. Well, my body was tired from traveling and work. Yeah. But then when I woke up, I um, I didn't want to take ownership of the fact that I took a nap because my body needed a nap. I was like, I was telling my husband, why didn't you wake me up? I had things to do. And he goes, you slept. You were tired. Mm-hmm. Your, your body needed to rest. And that's why he took the nap. And so, yeah, our bodies can, I can, I can see how our bodies can, can quit on us if we're stressed or tired. Yeah. And, and you know, th- what I've, um, 
you know, and this, I've done this myself plenty of times in my career. And, you know, sometimes we want to just push through, right? Like if we're feeling really tired, we want to just push through and, you know, get through something for a day, a week, but, and you can do those things temporarily, but if you're, if every single day you're tired for two months straight, that's your body's way of telling you something. It's your body's way of saying, Hey, there's something for survival that you need that you're not getting. And I'm trying to slow you down on purpose so that you get that thing, whatever it is, maybe it's sleep, maybe it's rest, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, connection with people, right? It could be anything, but, um, I, you know, the long, the longer I'm on this earth and the more that I realize that it's important for me to listen to my body, whatever that is, um, you know, the, the better, the better off I generally feel. Wow. I really enjoyed this talk. I cannot believe that we are at 24 minutes. I Unbelievable. Viewers, listeners, let us hear from you. You can learn more about Rob by going to margimarge.com, the blog, but then he's going to give us um, more information on how to find him and learn about his work. Rob, Please share information on how people can follow up with you. And also, um, if you have any nuggets before we wrap up, we would love to hear that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to have the listeners follow along with me. My email, uh, excuse me, my website is humansfirst.us. And then one other thing that I'd like to also offer the listeners is a free 30-minute technology mindfulness consultation call with me via Zoom. All you need to do to redeem that free call is just email me. My email address is rob, R-O-B, at humansfirst.us. And if you um, email me there and just mention this podcast, I'm happy to set up a free 30-minute call to help you. And then um, one other nugget that I'll leave with people, and my wife and I thought this was so so meaningful to us that we shared this with our guests at our wedding, is this. The amount of love, success, and happiness in this world are infinite. And so imagine how much love, success, and happiness we could all have together if we all decided to put humans first. Oh, my God. That is so powerful. You know, guys, this is like we're having Humanity Chats 2.0 because at Humanity Chats, we believe that together we can go far. We are humans um, one kind only, and that is humankind. Um, that's our motto. That's what started the chats. Um, and as you, as I told you earlier, I am an author. That's the oath in um, the my first two books. Um, and so, yes, 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 humans first. Um, together we can go far. Thank you so much, Rob Kreshak, for joining us, um, for dropping these nuggets with us. Viewers, come back, read about Rob. Um, if you would like more information, information, follow up with him. Now I can tell you, I'm no FBI, so I don't know if Rob is going to kidnap you or anything like that. You go at your own risk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much guys for joining us. We really appreciate you and we look forward to you joining us again. Now, if you liked this episode, share it with a friend and tell that friend to share it with your enemy. Yes, that's how we go. And don't forget to leave a review for us so that others would also know that this is a great show. And if you don't like it, then don't even leave a review. Don't say anything. Just be quiet. Um, (laughs) This has been Humanity Chats, where we talk about everyday issues that impact humans. It has been Margie Marge, your hostess for the mostest, and Rob Krejcik. And uh, together, we say goodnight and uh, please come back. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
listening. Share with a friend. We are humans from all around the world. One kind only, and that is humankind. Your friend, Margie Marge.